Get personal with loyalty, where we're discussing using loyalty to deliver personalized, relevant customer experiences. I'm Erin Reese, your host, and I'm here today with the team from Annex Cloud. I'm here with Machik and Matt. Gentlemen, would you like to introduce yourselves? Machik? Sure, I'll go first. Hi, I'm Machik Gerskowski. Very unpronounceable, but there you go. I'm SVP of Customer Success. I will be celebrating my ninth year on April 14th, so you can help me celebrate later on, Matt and Aaron. Yay, me. So uh, my team basically helps customers with program design at the start to make sure that we're focusing on the business needs and also something that the end users can get excited and engaged in. And once live, we you know we, we ensure that the program's hitting objectives by leveraging our toolbox of best practices, product functionality, and understanding the client's business. So looking forward to the conversation today. Thank you. Matt? Yeah, thank you, Machek. I as well will be celebrating my fifth year at Annex Cloud at the at the end of this month. So wow. lots of birthdays happening. So I'm Matt Reeves, responsible for product here at, at Annex Cloud. My team's primarily responsible for defining the roadmap and the requirements for any of the capabilities that are in our platform. And this includes our investment in in third-party integrations into technology providers and so forth. So we work very closely with both internal and external stakeholders to to make sure that the capabilities that we're we're building are meaningful, useful, and going to be adopted by, by the greater audience. Great. Well, thank you. You've been in the space a bit longer as well than just with Annex Cloud. You were with SAP for a while too. Yeah, so about 20 years of enterprise product development experience all around departments from from QA to solution management, product management, development, et cetera, have had a a focus over the last 12 plus years, primarily around SaaS-based and cloud-based applications. Well, and, and today, because we're going to be talking about what's happening in the loyalty space, I think one of the areas that will be fun for us to get into is that loyalty is really an enabler for a lot of things that organizations can be doing. And in order to be that enabler, we need to be connecting into a lot of that other technology and the broader tech stack at organizations too. So we'll, we'll need to tap all of your knowledge as we get into that part of the conversation. <laughs> So great. Well, let's let's start with that. So what are we seeing in the space today? If you guys can share what we're seeing from our clients, what are they looking for? What are they asking for? A lot of the the sessions we've had before this, we've talked to consultants who are thinking big picture, thinking future trends, and it's always nice to know kind of where where we need to be going, but I think today we could do a really great job of getting a gut check on what's the reality and and where are brands today? What are some of their challenges and, and what are the opportunities that we're seeing? And then ultimately, how do we support? So maybe we can just kind of start with, with what are we seeing? Machek, what are you hearing from clients? Sure. Everyone's talking about it. I'm not sure if everyone's doing it. Personalization. We see personalization, quite basic stuff. Hey, Machek, you've got 200 points uh, in your you know loyalty bank account. Great. So our clients with kind of the data we're pushing is getting a little smarter about that. For example, you've got 200 points, that's $10 or $5. Your past purchase history, looking at that, including that in there and saying, well, these are things you've purchased in the past, maybe get extra points for buying that in the next 30 days. So within that idea of personalization, you can create urgency, you can create specificity around the things that you, you know, your past purchasing behavior. And not just using my name in an email, which is great, you know, it's pretty basic stuff. And I've, we, we've seen that for a very, very long time. 
And I think that's one of those things. It's like these personalization things get banted around a lot. And people do do basic stuff, you know, like you're in this tier or, or you have this many points. But getting a little deeper on that side, I think, is really important. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about surveys and progressive profiling later on. Subscriptions. Some of our clients are doing that in interesting ways, like electronics client that's doing that for, they have a kind of a two-tier program, one for paid, one for not paid. But we have also places I've seen, like Taco Bell has it, right, for yeah. the pay 10 bucks and get get tacos for 30 days. And they, I've seen that coming off and on. It's, it's not like a permanent campaign. It just, they, right now, currently, they don't have it, then they're going to have it again, then they're not going to have it again. You buy it for, and they have usually like one day offers. You can buy into it and then you can have it for the next 30 days. Panera has something like that too. Like for what, what do they call it? The Panera Unlimited Sip Club. And that's done really well. They have like an, a monthly subscription or an annual subscription. And that's really got people into the stores buying more. So it really has increased and they're going to continue doing that. They're seeing a great, great benefit for doing that. And cut in a little bit because I, I think subscriptions yeah. are really interesting. Do you advise clients on the type of subscription? Because I think they're like you started off where the subscription it sounds like is more evergreen and it's open to all products, like an Amazon Prime, I think is, is kind of how mm-hmm. you were at least the way I was interpreting it. And then moving into this more perhaps definitely surgical from the way Taco Bell's doing it, the way you described it is, oh, I've got it on and then I've got it off, I've got it on, I've got it off, so I can really use it the way I want to and maybe even with the specific segments. I guess one of my thoughts is, is that considered a loyalty program in and of itself or does it play with the program? Can it complement a program? See see where I'm going here a little bit? (laughs) Taco Bell actually has a rewards program, right? So they do it in parallel. They're they're related, but they're not, you know, they're not dependent on each other, right? So they they'll turn this on and off. It's within the app. So right, obviously it drives more app usage, app downloads. There's some other benefits within the reward program for for Taco Bell. In the case of Taco Bell, it's complimentary. In the case of Panera Bread, they also have a a separate program that is again unrelated to the just as the sip club, you know, because again, that's a very specific element that Panera does within their portfolio. Yes, it can definitely be a complimentary thing in case of Taco Bell, in case of Panera, it is a complimentary thing that can be turned off and on. Matt, what are you seeing from that perspective? I guess subscription or the broader friends that, that maybe clients are are looking for or need that might be more outside the box? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're definitely related. And from our perspective, what customers are asking for and some of the capabilities that we're looking at, like anytime you're trying to incentivize some behavior, right, and reward people for that. Definitely subscription and recurring orders and things of that nature, you know, it fits into that mold, right? I would consider it a loyalty tactic. And so making sure that, you know, you've got a loyalty platform that has those capabilities built in, I think would, you know, ensure that you have a well-rounded platform. With respect to to personalization, you know, that's definitely, uh, we've been talking about personalization for many years. And it's gone through an evolution of sort of one to all to sort of one to to many. And now we're trying to get to one to few or one to one, right? And we're seeing that the integrations and the data model and the platform and capabilities are are finally getting to a place where a a lot of that is now possible. And in order to to drive that one-to-one personalization, you've got to have, you know, a a lot of data about your customer and, and not just transactional data, right? You've got to have behavioral data. You've got to have some implicit and explicit signals 
So making sure that you've got capabilities in your platform and an extensible data model to where you can round out that profile and then throw some intelligence on it where you can offer sort of that one-to-one personalization. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing it more from a broad technology platform perspective and less and less from a bespoke or custom perspective. And, you know, we, we feel that that's where the market's heading and that's where we're spending a lot of time, be it progressive profiling, zero-party data surveys, things of this nature tactics that we can use to to help our customers get a really complete understanding of their customer in order to drive that one-to-one personalization. And are we seeing more and more customers thinking that way and and working to collect that information? And if so, how how does that user experience look at? And that question go to either one of you. <laughs> I think it's it's all customers, uh, you know, our existing customers, as well as customers we're seeing in the pipeline. I mean, it's it's becoming table stakes, right? That this is this is where the the industry is is moving. And as you know, whether you're selling into a CMO or whether you're selling into IT, both camps are are expecting those capabilities to be there, and they're also expecting more so now than ever for those things to be in a in a platform rather than be something bespoke or or custom custom built for for them and their brand for for a whole lot of reasons we've seen the evolution of the rest of you know all of the technologies that are adjacent to loyalty whether it be a sales cloud a service cloud e-commerce marketing clouds the whole rest of the industry is going SaaS and it's going platform right and it's focusing on technology and it's only logical that loyalty moves that that same way and so, yeah, it's it's becoming, I would say, a hard and fast requirement for all of our customers. I'm curious how, Matic, maybe how the clients are adding this in. A couple of weeks ago, I was at eTail and had the pleasure of emceeing a day there and hearing all sorts of different sessions and, and different perspectives. And what was kind of surprising, I guess, to me was the, a lot of people were talking about the data they were collecting through transactions. And so they were trying to personalize based on the transaction. So you bought this, just like the example you had earlier, you bought this, so now I'm going to go offer you this. And I just kept sitting there thinking, well, if you were collecting profile information, and, and it doesn't seem like a lot of organizations are, and, and I'm just wondering if there was, like, it seems to me that we used to collect more profile but is it just that it was too passive that it was like, oh, you log in and then there's a whole bunch of questions and people you know, take it or leave it if they don't want to fill it in. And now we need to be doing it in more creative ways so that the consumer is more apt to give us that information or what, what are your thoughts? Well, there's a lot there. I think there's a couple of, the, yeah, there's, a, there's a few different things. So collection of data is at first to collect that data is it's the whole idea of what do I get in the return for that data, right? So it's like, and I think that a lot of companies collected the data and then they kind of sat on it and failed it. It's almost too much data. What do we do with it? How do we create a CRM out of it that makes sense? How do we make it personalized enough? And then it just kept going. I think you get fairly high minutia level data, like, you know, like say you're, you're a cosmetics client and you're like, what age group are you in? What skin type you have? What what colors do you like? What brands do you use? The, but if you don't create cadences of, of communication that respond to that, then it kind of just becomes dead data for, and then they elevate that just to, okay, you're a female or you're female within a certain age, right? And it loses out on that, on that personalization thing. I think the other thing is, collection of data, you know, what loyalty enables is is having incentivizing that a little bit, right? So giving people a reason to the at least at the very beginning, even with that the response later on, I get some I get something for it and I and I create some value 
we create uh, the loyalty program creates some value for those points or for those uh, for those answers right whether it's a one-time survey whether it's a progressive survey or whatever that might be right and then you have to set up some kind of cadence to make sure that split that segment that data in a way where you actually are rewarding people later on saying hey you give us this this and this we got this in return i'll give you an example for separate completely different example for easyjet right so what they did for the i think it was our 20th anniversary is that they took all the data about flight that i've taken my first flight that i've taken with them where i went when was the last flight da, 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 and they created roughly like these like i think 14 or 15 segments but the elements in that were super personalized to me saying machik you took your first flight with us on this date to this place right you chose aisle seat 35% of the time. So maybe you can try, you want with this. You used to go to this place, but you, you haven't gone to this place. So we're going to give you a discount to go to this place. So they took a bunch of data and they created a super personalized. I felt like it was literally written for me, but they, when I read, and it was, by the way, it was incredibly successful. It really raised bookings on, on their site and, and had a long-term kind of effect beyond just that initial booking. But for me as a as a consumer and and for them it was actually they just behind the scenes they created cohorts like 15 of them that made it seem super personal to me but it was but it wasn't hundreds of thousands of cohorts it was 14 or 15 of them but they were able to create these personalized stories for me and i think that it is that it's getting that data and making sure that data gets paid off so i think what i saw is a lot of people getting data they had this Per, you know, hey, give us your profile. And there just wasn't enough, whether the wrong personnel, whether wrong systems that were in place to manage that. But the output back to the user wasn't there where it made it worthwhile for the user to actually give that data. So now you're trying to incentivize that data. But if you incentivize it and still doesn't work, you're going to, you know, so you have to you have to pay off on that, on whatever you're collecting. You have to be paying off on that because I see oftentimes hey, give us your email address and we'll get we'll send you stuff like what what like what are you actually going to do why am I giving you my email address tell me what you're going to do for me and I just don't think that a it's communicated well enough and b it's actually executed on well enough because the systems may not be talking to each other that's a great point and maybe Matt do you have thoughts yeah. on that too yeah to your point Aaron on on the you know how we've seen an, an ebb and flow of of that personalization I think data privacy regulations and what's going on with third-party cookies has had an impact on that. And that companies were, you know, whether they were nefarious or above board or whatever, they had a lot of ways to collect data on you, you know, passively could could send some personalization that way. Now it's got to be, it's got to be legit, right? It's got to be zero-party, first-party data. You've got to prove that you're a good, trustworthy data steward in order to, to get people to trust you to give your data to, to all of MochX points. You've got to incentivize them. Like, what's the reason for me to to give you my not only my data but my time, and what's what's going to be my benefit to it? And if you can, if companies can do that well, we're all a part of loyalty programs in our day to day. And there's ones that we interact with quite heavily, and there's ones that we don't, right? And the ones that we don't, they're obviously not doing a good job at that, right? They're not incentivizing me to take the time. You want me to spend ten minutes filling out a survey to get more data about me? What's in it for me? And that's where where loyalty and those tactics really can provide those incentives to get people to to share some of their data so that the brand can offer sort of a hyper-personalized experience. 
So on that, I, I want to dig into the incentive piece a little bit, because I think I, I always have a debate with people on this is you say incentive, which I like, because I kept waiting for you to say something like a discount or something. You, you were very careful yeah. in, the, in the words you use. I think that when you look at loyalty and, and loyalty programs, I feel like there's not enough recognition, at least the way I was educated about it. It's rewards and recognition, but we forget this this part of that last piece. And just being able to say thank you or I appreciate you can go a long way. And so I'd just be curious as to what you, your thoughts are is giving a data. If I give you my data, the promise of a more personalized experience or a promise that I can make your life easier, is that enough? Or do people actually really need to have points that or dollars back or something that's more financial? Again, it's, it's probably a debate, but curious your your perspectives. Yeah, I, I think it depends on the brand and the the experience, right? There's not a lot of, let's say, cache or, or what have you. If I if I roll up to the window at McDonald's and they say, hey, thanks for being a loyalty member. Yeah, that's great. But, you know, it's it's not really. But, you know, I, I'm a member of, of Delta Sky Miles program. Right. And they're always thanking me for being a customer. They're thanking me for being platinum. They're they're doing this and doing that. And, and with some brands and some experiences, I think it makes sense and it does add value. There certainly are loyalty programs where the brand, unfortunately, has to give up margin, right? They're in the loyalty program to get a break or get some free product or get something. But that's not across the board. And that's why I say incentive, right? Because the incentive, at least for us, again, you're trying to promote or incentivize some behavior. And the incentive for that, it could be a coupon. It could be money off. It could be a badge. It could be an entrance into a sweepstakes. It could be a lot of things. And those things that we call incentives or rewards, you know, we really need to tailor to that brand and their experience and what they want to accomplish. So just on that, I do think, you know, if you're a member of some kind of utility loyalty program, you probably just want a discount. Yeah. But I think that discounts, in most cases, customers, from what I see in the data, they use the discounts. They talk about a lot of different things. Again, it's it's actually a great debate. What do customers want? They say they want. Uh, You can do lots of of great behind the smoke screen interviews and reviews and, and, and focus groups. But when it comes to it, like what are people actually using it for? But I think brands, we have a, a sports manufacturer brand that the top tier, they have certain things they can offer. So they they, they can offer a Zoom call with a, a pro that because of the sport that they sign up for, they're super, super excited. I mean, this is a this is an invite, like all invites. Right? And if you think about it, because it's a Zoom call, you can invite a lot of people into the same room to speak to. Harry Higgs, right? Which is, wow, awesome. It really depends on the brand. We have another brand that's from a rewards perspective. That's a benefit. Hey, I do, I, I engage with you a lot through points, through spending, whatever it is. And this is my benefit at the end of that. And it might be surprise and delight because it's not something that's written in there. Just they'll say, hey, guess what? Because it's organized. So there's going to be things that are going to be printed on the website. And there's going to be things that are going to say, hey, guess what, Aaron and Matt, you're part of our, our program. You're in the top tier. We'd love to invite you as the first whatever thousand people to to be able to join and talk to or listen to whatever it has, you know, a conversation with this pro. Very cool. Right. We have on the other hand is also the kind of rewards that you can use setting up 
again, not, it's not for everybody, but I think you have to just be creative and you work with every client in a different way with the tools that you have, right? It's just like we have different talents as people and you develop those, those things, right? So we have another sporting good company and what they offer is gear that is signed by athletes. Again, you can't technically buy this stuff, right? So you have to be in the program to be able to use your points to be able to do this. So it's a great incentive that if you are, and it and it the incentive matches the type of product that they're selling, right? Right. It has to be a close correlation, and that's maybe done through either intuitive because of sports, sports, or something they have to do through research that hey, this group is open to these types of products or experiences or services that you can get as as using your points or being a certain or as a, as a benefit, right? So I think there's lots of different things. And, you know, and there's some certain customers probably be more focused on give me a discount. You know, what other benefits can you really give me? Right. Maybe if, I think if we sat down, th- thought creatively about it, what do they have to offer? Is there anything else they might have to offer? Maybe, maybe there's some discount on a, I don't know, EV, you know, something that that matches something that was, was within their within their domain. Thank you. I, I I really like that. Both of the ways you guys are thinking about this, and and it's making me think too. In addition to the the recognition piece, a lot of what you're calling out there, Machek, it kind of goes back to the personalization as well. So as you're looking at how can I recognize somebody, it's almost like a chicken and an egg almost. If you, if I don't know anything about you, I can't deliver better rewards or better experiences. So being able to somehow articulate that in your communications up front, that be more open with with your consent so that we can can help. Because gosh, look at these cool experiences that is much like we're sharing about our clients that are, are delivering these really cool exclusive events that that only really work because you know that that person has that passion and that person is that interested. So I think that that's really interesting. And even when we started the conversation, we're talking about what's going on out there that people can do. And and there's a lot of conversations around NFTs and AI and and all these things where it's like, yeah, all of that's great, but it takes a lot of planning for something new. But you have your program today. What are some things that you can actually action on in the short term that can really make some impact. And Machak, I think you you kind of hit on two things. One is what you were talking and kind of went into the depth on is that exclusivity and offering some specialty experiences or items, but then also like social interactions and or, or social components, as well as maybe other kinds of interactions. I know that obviously at Annex Cloud, we have the ability to do a lot of that with our, our technology, which is one of the things I think is so cool about this place. But because of that, we're really able to help our clients that way, too. Anything you know, you could share about that, that interactivity piece and, and what we're seeing from that perspective? If we're talking about social things, like I'll give an example. Maybe this is what you're asking for. So hashtagging images of of the product in use or uh, or how you you know we can we have a, a way of being able to have people post images on like instagram again creating content and then we can also enable that content to be placed on the website and people interacting with how that product is being used in the real world is ugc and being able to give people points for that allow people to comment on that and get almost almost like a community without necessarily creating a whole different leveraging Instagram, leveraging our, our technology to create almost a sense of community 
and being able to share how the product works. Uh, that's an example. Referrals through uh, referring, right? So we have a referral program that people can share via whether it's Facebook or Twitter or directly online or through just to taking a, a link and be able to talk and, and from an acquisition perspective, create create awareness of the program because someone's happy with that brand and you know, we can incentivize that person for doing that. So those are the kind of a couple of things that we can do on the, on the, on the social side and engagement side to be able to both acquisition and just creating content for that brand, again, incentivizing it and also creating a reason for people to engage more more often with the brand but you know some brands you may not purchase very often right so creating creating an opportunity in a way to engage between those purchases is super important because there are other brands that you might interact more with more frequently you know if you're a grocery store or amazons of the world where you're kind of shopping regularly but on those other ones you need to find ways of engaging whether directly with the consumer or allowing them to to post and, and gain some kind of value by discussing the brand in in their own space right i love it and and you can also go into tutorials and other being able to to help educate people or sharing content or Matt, I'm sure you have other ideas and other things that you've seen because I'm sure some things were on the roadmap or prior <laughs> the roadmap. Yeah, too. just to comment on that though, real quick. So actually, we have a client, a, a electronics client that is actually doing that. They have a whole set of actions for watching videos, uh, reading blogs, interacting with learning resources. Because if you think about it, electronics, they take some learning. Like you know, they, you, you get that quick, quick start book, and you're, and then you get a massive pamphlet on how to use your TV or my car or whatever it is, right? And then you, you don't want to read that. So this is these are all little ways of getting people engaged outside of the the purchase or pre-purchase or get, getting them to maybe facilitate that purchase and facilitate that purchase with you rather than a competitor. Right. If you're a retailer versus a manufacturer, you can go there or there or there. So you create an affinity where it may be more expensive, but they're providing you with other values. So you feel a level of loyalty to that brand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, to, to pile on Machek's comments about user generated content, we've, we've seen all sorts of statistics that when when you look at reviews of products that that people they respond more where they see actual users actually using the products, right? And and that helps brands uh, sell more, comes off more credible and more believable. And so, you know, we've got a, a number of fashion and cosmetic companies where that's that's really key, right? They want people to to upload some content of them using the product, and it creates a, a little bit of buzz around the product, but then also, you know, helps with some some ways to promote their product. And then around other industries like entertainment, uh, sports entertainment, or even travel, it's, it's got a little bit different purpose, right? You're creating a little bit of FOMO where someone is taking some, uploading some content from an event they went to or a lounge that they're sitting in, and other people see that and they want that experience, right? So uh, the UGC and, and the promotion through social can be a really powerful tool. And, and we've seen um, a number of our customers be really successful with some of those tactics. It's super interesting. And I guess one of the trends that, that we certainly have seen for a while is a lot of pushes to go beyond just transactional loyalty. I think this is a way to go beyond that without necessarily boiling the ocean and, and creating something really extravagant. It's just being able to have have more interactions. We actually had uh, somebody come to us and, and ask us some questions around, if I just switch platforms, 
how can I get an ROI? And I was thinking about this going, okay, if you're just switching from one platform to another, it, it's the strategy <laughs> that, that gives you the ROI. It's, it's what you do with it that's going to make the changes. Right. And it just got me to thinking about what you guys were talking about. It's the ability to use the technology to create more interactions. I've always called them kind of overlays. So you've got your core strategy that you start your program with to, when you launch. But then on an ongoing basis, you're constantly needing to watch it. And, and as you're collecting the data on an ongoing basis, how do you then use it in these different ways? And that's really a key above and beyond that I'm not sure a lot of people are are looking at or thinking about. And, and I thought that was quite interesting. I, I don't know what, what your take on that is or how you would you advise somebody or answer that question. Any thoughts? Yeah, it really does come down to the strategy and tactics, right? Because we've we've had a number of instances where we've either displaced a competitive loyalty platform or a homegrown system. And as part of the cycle, they come to us and say, you know, we've we've got tons of members in the program. And what we're seeing is that all these people accumulate these points and they never burn them, right? And they're not engaging with the platform. And it really comes down to the design of the loyalty of the loyalty program. And I, I know Machek is and his team is is certainly more advanced at this than I am. But if if you've got two platforms that offer the same tactics, it really does come down to the design and the strategy. Because if you design or poorly design a loyalty program, you can use the best platform in the world, right? But if the loyalty program, if it doesn't incentivize the right things, if it doesn't add value, if it doesn't interest your customers, it's never going to be successful. And that's where the strategy and, and people like Machek and his team come in. I think before we hand it to Matt, I guess a push for you is being able to have flexibility on the platform that allows you to configure different actions or segments and campaigns can be a real differentiator and a key too, because you could have a base program. Maybe you've got people with a whole bunch of points, like you said, can you then pull that data? Who's sitting there? When was the last time they made a purchase? When was the last time they redeemed? What could they redeem for? And then being able to quickly and easily configure some kind of promotion or suggestion or you know, proactively pull them back in. Yeah, and it really comes down to two things, right? It comes down to, you know, some some proper analytics and being able to, to look at the data and understand what's going on on the platform. But then having a platform that is truly easily configurable, you know, to where you can deploy different tactics, you can deploy more or less of some tactics. And as you mentioned, you can kind of turn on and off different capabilities and, and different different loyalty tactics without having to turn code or have a large services engagement. You know, loyalty is never set it and forget it. It's an evolution. It's it's something that is always changing. And having a platform that allows for that to where marketers or sales or whoever is is the, the user of the platform can pivot and can deploy these things at will to make sure that the people are engaged, that they're not losing folks. And for the laggards, you know, bring them back into the fold. Let me, I'm going to toot uh, Matt's horn a little bit for the product side of things. So I think, you know, when, when, when customers move off of especially custom platforms, and a lot of times they're like, yeah, let's just move it from A to B, right? From from what we have now to to you. And sometimes they they just do they do that because a lot of times it's difficult to do things on their platform, like change things, configure things, create campaigns, create different cadences, because it's always code, 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 right? You're always developing code to make that work, and then and then test it. Da, da, da. 
when they come to so a lot of times they just say just take this and put it on your and so then these we know that it'll be easier to do all that stuff there that's the easy route the more difficult route is you say okay what are your object beside the fact that it's harder on the custom platform it'll be much easier on our platform because it's you know it's fit for purpose and it's and it's SaaS and it's just going to be it's tried and tested what do you want like what do you really want to accomplish with this program are, you know are you targeting the Everybody, which is going to be tough to, you know, especially depending on the on the type, how many members, how many users are going there, or is it a, as a segment of that? Do we want to focus on that? Are you looking at repeat purchase? Are you looking at this? Is it is it lack of engagement? Are you are you finding people there's, there's a lot of competition? And going through that process is the is the painful process, right? The moving across that's the easy the easy part because i think you know because of the platform they're moving onto which is ours but i think figuring out what they want to achieve is the thing that we probably almost held back on because it's so hard to do stuff on the other platform they didn't even think about that so i think that moving to our platform or to, to a SaaS platform will enable that to kind of people to stop and go out i can and i can think about what i really want to achieve and who i want to target what do our customers want from a loyalty program and think you know questions that they maybe didn't weren't asking themselves freedom to dare to dream yeah 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 exactly yeah, I love it. I love it. Fabulous conversation with you guys today. Thank you so much. I, I think we've covered a lot of ground from program, program structure, different concepts that are out there today to being able to do uh, social and exclusivity and being able to you know, even even platform for the configuration and things like we just talked about. So hopefully lots of great nuggets for people to learn from to at least be able to action today on on some things to en- enhance their strategies. Um, any parting thoughts or anything that, that we maybe didn't cover that we should? I mean, my, my main thing is don't overcomplicate things. And you probably heard me say this before, you know, make adjustments needed over time, but try stuff and not everything will work and and have clear objectives for the, for your loyalty program. That's yeah. great. The e-tail conference, that was a huge theme. Everybody kept saying and advising each other of, I just just get out there and try and and give it a shot and and if it doesn't work fine pivot quick so yeah. I think that's great I, one last thing is is you know understand your capacity both on a marketing side and tech tech side right because I think people because what I, I have seen a lot is let's move the whole tech stack and it's a big lift especially because of all the different technologies that can enable all these things that to happen whether it's CDPs or ESPs MCs things like that and doing it all at once is a big, heavy lift, right? So so I think just understand your capacity. Yeah, I think as well, it's, you know, having really clear objectives. Like, what do you want the, the loyalty program to solve? And be, you know, really honest with uh, with your organization as, as far as what the loyalty program can and cannot do, right? And to, to Machek's point, there needs to be like a foundational things to support that, but then be playful, you know, and, and try some things. And and again, Machek stated, everything won't work. Some things will work great for some brands and will fail for others, but just just try, right? And experiment. And there's, there's a lot of really creative brands that are doing some great things in this space that are outside the norm and uh, wouldn't have stumbled upon those things if not having that mindset. What a great way to end this. Thank you both so much for your time. Is one last question. Uh, how can the audience reach you? If, if people want to get in contact, talk about this a little further with you, how do they reach you? Uh, you could reach me on my email, 
mgorskowski at annexcloud.com. Please feel free to reach out. Yeah, and I'm uh, it's at, at M Reeves at Annex Cloud. I'm also on LinkedIn, so you know, please reach out and uh, let's have a conversation. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for hosting us, Aaron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Get Personal with Loyalty. Join us next time for more loyalty insights. Until then, dare to dream. Let Annex Cloud help make your dreams a reality. Visit annexcloud.com. See you soon.